This episode brought to you by Woke Spokes, the bicycle spokes for the socially conscious. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your panel of expert hosts each week are Dr. Bryce Hansen, who holds a PhD in spookology, and Professor David Day, the foremost expert on scare-no-nos. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. I'm Bryce Hansen. I'm David Day. Every time. Every time. Every time. Wouldn't be an HMT episode if my levels weren't forgotten. And special guest, Eric. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Studio audience is really into it. They're lovely. You guys may remember Eric from such episodes as The Prodigy. What an episode. What a great episode. It was actually, it was a good episode for us. It was just a, not a great movie. Yeah. So uh, to start out, I want to make sure you guys know that we have a website called HorrorMovieTalk.com. Check that out. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HorrorMovieTalk. And other, you'll find links to other social media on our website as well. We post new episodes every Wednesday, so please subscribe and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. We've got a great show today. We're going to be talking about the new 2019 model of Black Christmas. Oh boy, let's hear about that. We'll start out by giving a brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 being a miserable dredge where it makes you angry, 5 being an average film that hits all the expected marks, and 10 being so good it transcends genre boundaries. After we get our after we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the f- film. And then later we'll be doing a couple bits. We'll do taglines and a new game called Black Christmas or Black Christmas or Black Christmas. <laughs> okay, I can I can guess what this is. Uh, so let's. Uh, talk about hey this uh, can move. can i make a request that we let that we let eric plug his stuff at this at the top of the show sure yeah yeah because i would i would like to mention that i i i used to work with eric as of yesterday we worked at the same company and now he he's, as of yesterday he quit his job to devote all of his time to his band can you tell us a little bit about that yes um, and it's a step that was not scary to take at all. He quit his stable, nice nine to five job to concentrate on his on his band. So bravo, first of all, that's Thank a huge you. step. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah, so I'm in the band uh, from the Northwest called My Brothers and I. Um, we've been doing it for maybe three or four years, um, and it's consisting of my brothers and myself, shocking, and a family friend that has lived with us in the past for various reasons so basically a brother so that's kind of what it is so we'll be focusing on writing music um we have an album that's done but it hasn't been released yet so we'll be working on rolling that out as well um and yeah that's about it so also working with like co-writing for other people stuff like that where can people find you on online anywhere spotify uh last year was really good for us um i think we got a few fans actually from the podcast so i appreciate you guys for letting us come on oh baby Um, we had almost we had 4.9 million 
streams last year. Wow. On Spotify, which was good. Um, doing, I'm still trying to figure out where the money is. You're doing a little better. <laughs> but the numbers look good, so there's that. <laughs> but it was a fun year for us. What so kind of what kind of music would you would you say that is? Just uh, so people have it. It's like alternative with some easy listening thrown in, so yeah, like college campuses like to hire us because we won't get the student body in trouble. So I don't know if that's a good indicator, but I'd hey, it's I I I like it. I've listened to it. I enjoy it. Um, do uh, w- what about Facebook or Instagram, Twitter? Yeah, um, we're better at Instagram. Um, Twitter, we're up in our game a little bit. Um, we may tweet about sports more than we should, but if you follow us, know that we won't post three times a day we try not to be too annoying about it we may post like a couple times a week just so people can stay up to date so we won't flood their walls or anything like that with posts cool so. man okay well thanks thanks for coming eric we yeah, appreciate you watching this movie and it was fantastic okay so this week we saw the new black christmas and it was empowering here's the trailer It's my privilege to teach you this semester. Enjoy your winter breaks and Merry Christmas. Sup, ladies? Excited for tonight? It is our last day of our last fall semester of college ever. Can you take a photo of all of us? Of course. Where's Helena? She was pining back sodas earlier, but she looked really good. Cheese. We shouldn't have let her go back by herself. She's fine. Come on, live a little. Helena hasn't gotten home yet. If I were missing, I'd want you to unleash the bloodhounds and track me down. She was at DKO last night. And creating problems, huh, right? Hello? Hello? I'm worried that something bad happened. It's winter break. Could just be a delay of some sort. Snow. My friend is missing. Nine times out of ten, the girl's just with a boyfriend. I will bring you to your knees. Alive. You're all insane. I'm tired of hiding. I'm tired of running. Go, 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 go! Ho, 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 bitch. You mess with the wrong sisters. Mistletoe alert. Black Christmas can be found in theaters now. 
Sabina, Elena, and Jane are working for the mysterious Charles Townsend, whose security investigative company has expanded internationally with the world's smartest, bravest, and most highly trained women all over the globe. There are now teams of angels guided by... by Oh, wait, that's Charlie's Angels. I was like, what is happening? Okay. Black Christmas is the second in the increasingly loosely based remakes of Bob Clark's <laughs> 1974 Black Christmas. The story follows four close-knit Hawthorne College sorority sisters named Riley, Chris, Marty, and Jesse during the very beginning, very beginning of winter break. While most of the campus is abandoned by students going home for the holidays, these bold Gen Z women opt to stay on campus and party with the other Christmas holiday orphans. Soon it's apparent that they are all being stalked by a mysterious man or men who are attacking and killing sorority sisters one by one. As we follow Sophie and company, it's revealed that the stalker slash stalkers are part of a larger, more nefarious conspiracy. The patriarchy. Oh, shit. Written, directed, and led by young women, this film's Diva Cup runneth over with female empowerment. <laughs> it is so loosely based on the original that it barely maintains the scaffolding of women at college being stalked by a killer. What it does bring to the party is a straight-ahead, unsubtle social commentary for today's generation of women. I imagine that this film is going to get a lot of hate, and there are a lot of creative and studio decisions that hinder its success. But I must say that I admire the creative vision of this movie. It's uh, It seems to be a genuine attempt to reimagine Black Christmas through the lens of today's generation with today's technology. Supplanting themes of abortion rights and women's lib are the modern themes of rape culture and, well, still women's lib. I guess we're still working on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, still, still not great. Um, like I said before, it's not subtle in its messaging of social commentary, but in this case, I prefer the straight-ahead messaging versus lame, tacked-on virtue signaling that other woke horror movies sometimes use. Like, I don't know. Do you, do you notice that sometimes where, where it's like, yeah. hey, this is exactly like every other horror movie for the last, like, three decades? This is? No, I'm talking about like oh, so just other some, horror movies, some generic horror movie doing. But that then thing. they have one character talk about right, like the importance of like non-binary gender or something. Yeah, like that's gonna like that's like going make, make this film. Yeah, work. that's gonna be that's gonna be the thing that makes everybody go woo. Yeah, yeah, it's like okay, well, that's. I mean, it's fine. It's just crammed in there. Yeah, this this definitely. Um, this definitely makes no allusion as to what its bent is like. Um, and I got to be honest with you, you know, <clears throat> like my initial knee jerk reaction to this kind of thing is like, it's, it's kind of an eye roll. Um, yeah. but, but on the other hand, you know, I have, I have two little girls right. and, uh, and I, and I know what dudes are like. They're, they're not cool. Um, they are, you know, but they're getting a lot cooler. And I don't know if it's because of efforts like this. I don't know if it's because as a society we're getting, we're just becoming better people. But, uh, but there's a part of the messaging in this movie that I do appreciate. The subtlety, I don't appreciate. <laughs> because it is, it is slap you in the face, drag you around the, the room. Just very obvious. Yeah. Uh, in terms of plot, this film goes charging off the rails in the third act. The end is truly ridiculous. <laughs> 
but it is good campy fun regardless. The biggest hindrance and distraction of this film, and I think one of the biggest criticisms online about this is something that I agree with, is its PG-13 rating. It's so distracting and jarring at points that it resembles a television edit from the late 80s. Yeah. (laughs) But since they wanted to market the film to the younger generation of women moviegoers, they had to say... Mr. Falcon. To their R rating. Yeah. Yeah, it was... um, At first I was like, why is the blood black? And then they addressed it. And they were like, the blood's black because of the, the thing that you will learn later in the movie... Yeah, but you might did, not, they, did they address it, though? Not really. They're, they they kind of... They're like, why isn't he bleeding? That's It's black now, because that's the way it is. Because of the way it is. <laughs> yeah, there was a bunch of weird um, things to make it... Uh, to, to, to You know, to, just, just kind of shoehorned in there to, to, to make it PG-13. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about some of the more distracting edits in the, in the movie that that pulled me out of it. Um, but before we get into that, let's talk about what is our score for this movie? Yeah. I mean, uh, well, what do you think? What you're, you're, you're leading this parade. What do you think? Um, I mean, with all its flaws, I, I feel like it's still better than average. Yeah, I do too. I, I give it, I give it a six out of 10. Okay. It's not, I mean, it's not something that I'm going to think about a lot later. It's not something that I'm super enthused about, but it was entertaining enough that I wasn't completely disengaged from watching it. Yeah. As far as, as far, what do you think, Eric? I think if the movie was a little bit more self-aware, I think I'd give it a six out of 10. Um, the writing was just the acting was fine. I didn't really have a problem with the acting. Yeah, I thought I the acting a, was pretty good. The quality of the movie was good. Um, uh, I, a lot of things were good. A lot of things didn't stand out to me visually as cheesy. Uh-huh. The writing was just not... <laughs> the. I, I think the writing... Especially at the end. Yeah, like, I, I was just, yes, it was very ham-fisted. The, the guy behind me, I could hear him put his hands in the air. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know how else to describe it. Um, yeah, I think the writing was ham-handed, especially at the end. And I think the directing, it was very clear. I mean, we have some seasoned pros in this movie. We got Carrie Ewells in this movie, uh, who, you, I don't you might remember him from a little movie called The Princess Bride. Uh, and and it's very clear to me that the ter- the direction he was given was... Like, be an unbridled dick. Like, just be the dick, you know? And and it's not like the movie doesn't need him to be a dick. It's just... And that's kind of what most of the men are in the movie. Yes. Like... Yeah, absolutely. There's there's a there's a, a single man who's not a total dickhole. Yeah, there's... there's no, like there's w- two men. One and a half men yeah. Yeah. that are not dickholes. There's the, there's the romantic interest in the Cosby sweater... And there's okay. the. I'm so happy somebody else saw the, that. There's I have the, a comment on that. Yeah, and then there's the boyfriend of one of the other girls yeah. that tries to help and fails miserably. Yeah, so I think I think the direction uh, was a little a little goofy, but f- like you said, I mean, for the most. What, so what do you give it, Eric? What are you saying? I'd give it a five. You give it a five. You know, I'm I'm not a big slasher fan, and this technically is a slasher. It, I mean. <clears throat> 
it ought to be. It's uh, it's a remake of m- p- what many argue is the first slasher ever made. So it's a slasher. Um, but it held my interest pretty much the whole way through. I was never... I uh, was never terribly upset at this movie and uh and it was yeah it was it was enjoyable enough. It was not a, it was not a great movie by any means. I I'd, I'd say I'd give it a high 6. I enjoyed this movie almost as much as I enjoyed Hellfest last year. So if you hated Hellfest, this is a damning statement. Yeah, I I think Hellfest is a fair comparison, but I still I think it's better than Hellfest. You think this is better than yeah. Hellfest? Yeah, you really did this like Hellfest. I, I liked it. I liked Hellfest a little bit better than this. Could you describe what five is on your scale? Because you said it earlier in the show. And five I is just like completely average. It hits all the expected marks. Like it's it's yeah. exactly it's a, what I mean, it is in a movie. If I got scared genuinely because I jump pretty easily, mm-hmm. I think I would give it maybe a six or seven and be like, oh, maybe I just don't understand the genre. There were but some good jump scares in this. See, I thought for me, I was just like sitting back, like okay. Really? Interesting. I love it. I I thought they were some good ones. I thought there were two or three real solid ones. I think maybe if the music was better, because the audio stuff really gets me too. Like, I could close my eyes, and if the music or the score is good, and it gets you to jump. Yeah, the music was really special. It was just kind of bland, and the the, uh, auditory stuff just didn't get to me this time around. Yeah. Um, yeah, by the way, uh, listeners, if if you want to hear a, view, a review of the original Black Christmas from 1974, head on over to last year, about this time, in our, uh, in our podcast releases, and we reviewed it. Um, we liked it a lot less than we like this one, so... If that's any uh, if that's any consolation to you know people who are hanging their hats on this being the best movie of the year for whatever reason, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of love for Black Christmas that I just don't understand. Bob Clark is a stellar director who did some amazing stuff, but the Black Christmas is not one of those amazing things. Yeah, yeah. Black Christmas is the second best Christmas movie that he's made. <laughs> out of two out of two <laughs> and the other one is the best christmas yes. movie ever made in probably all of all of time right so before we jump into spoilers and a deeper discussion here are a few words from ourselves if you like the show you can get exclusive access to early access and bonus content when you become a patron on patreon Click through the button at the top of HorrorMovieTalk.com to see the different membership tiers and their associated perks. You can also support the podcast by buying your Christmas gifts on Amazon if you click through the other green button in the header of our website marked Spend on Amazon. Check out our resident artist Dustin Goebel, a professional artist who fucks hard or softly. Yeah, he whichever f- whichever suits your personal needs. Right, Dustin fucks appropriate to the situation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he reads the room and then fucks accordingly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we we had a conversation with Dustin on Facebook about you know his feelings on his description. He was he was verbose in his response. Yeah, he was. He don't was, don't was, get him started on how he fucks. Yeah, is he, what I'm trying to say. He was fur it. <laughs> Sometimes you don't have to fuck her hard. Yeah. Um, but he, he gave some perspective from his wife. But he also, like, um, 
made sure to that we know that he does drive a Dodge Challenger and wear a leather jacket. So, I mean, that's pretty fucking hard. Yeah, he was quoted as saying, Sabrina, don't just stare at it. Eat it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, uh, he also takes commissions for artwork from HMT fans. Co- contact him at, uh, so at D-G-O-E-B-E-L. Zero zero on Instagram, and you can make your artistic dreams come true. Tell him HMT sent you. Yeah, you can check him out on his website too. I, I believe it's just DustinGobel.com. Yeah. So uh, check him out. He does great artwork. We love him. And again, check out Eric's band, My Brothers and I. Yeah, are... absolutely. Awesome. And then let's talk about spoilers for realsies this time. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers. You really got to get get it together. All right, all right. Spoilers. I was really disappointed in this movie because never once did anyone say, Christmas, Patrick. Not once. (laughs) So director Sophie uh, Takal? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Worked extensively to make this vision of Black Christmas as feminist as she could, stating in an interview... I wanted to make a movie where instead of feeling objectified or watched from a distance, the audience felt seen. So. Let that soak in for a minute. I don't know how (laughs) successful she was in that. I mean, I I, I, I guess I. Okay, look, I need to I need to pull back my skeptical glasses and look at what she's actually trying to say there. I think what she's trying to say is I want young women to come see my film and. I want them and they I want their struggle to feel heard in in watching my movie. Right. Yeah. That must be what she means by that because I I can misinterpret that uh, a bunch of different ways that probably aren't fair. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it feels uh, it does feel from like the female perspective and and definitely since it was written and heavily features women there's there's some stuff that like um feels like from their world that yeah i haven't seen in in other movies yeah um but yeah it's not it'd be inter- it'd be interesting <laughs> if it was a little more subtle or a little more nuanced yeah and it wasn't just like this and this is this is kind of what i was saying i think in our american psycho episode about this film we were having a discussion uh our guest mark was here and we were having a discussion about uh, blatantly feminist movies. Um, uh, and one of the ones that came up is the most recent Ghostbusters. And um, and there's I feel like there's just not enough respect being paid to female audiences. Like, we have to be so obvious and overt about our themes. It's like, that's not what a theme is. A theme is an undertow. It's a right. current... You don't have to smash people over the face to get, to have them understand or or retrieve something worthwhile from your message. And that's what this kind of did. It it treats it treats the audience with disrespect. The, the I in my opinion, there's a bit of that where it's like 
hey women, it just in case you didn't know, men fucking suck, and most of them are rapists. And it's like, okay, like I understand where you're going with this, but maybe and I you don't could, necessarily disagree. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree. <laughs> I'm just saying maybe you could be a little bit more subtle in the art about it because your audience is intelligent. These women are smart enough to get it if there is some nuance, and it doesn't have to be like the way it is. But I, I mean. The first Black Christmas movie was technically, a, yeah, a feminist movie, uh, pretty pretty heavily, and uh, yeah, and it was a little more subtly feminist, and I did not like it as much, yeah, as this one. I enjoyed this more than average, so I don't know. Yeah, this one is on is feminist on many levels, like <laughs> like it's a uh, feminist on the surface level, and straight ahead just stating this is feminism. And right. these are the these are the the uh, yeah it's a it, the, this is a the, the statements that we believe in, but also like the allegory and like all the levels underneath and make it very clear that like everything is pointing to the patriarchy is damaging to women. And this is yeah, and this is a a female movie made by females for females that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that um. One of the points I was going to make is that I I actually prefer it that it does it straight ahead than just kind of tacking it on. Yeah, and like or no, just it, making allusions to you know socially conscious concepts or having one character that's the outspoken like. Yeah, exactly. If nothing else, it's extremely honest and earnest about like. This is what we're fucking doing. Guess what? And it's yeah. like, hey, that w- <laughs> there's plenty of movies like that that, yeah, that, you know, I respect. And, and this one, I don't I wouldn't say I disrespect it. It's just I think I might I might not do it that way. But I, I don't yeah. make any movies. I just sit here and and review them. So it's like, yeah, yeah I would prefer that they make a strong perspective that they take take a strong stand with it. As opposed to just kind of like yeah. trying to make a regular movie and wedging it in yeah. awkwardly as long as it doesn't alienate general audiences or as long as the people that might be alienated alienated by it can kind of get a wink that like, but we still know what right. what you think. Yeah. Um, what, what did what did you think about about the, the subtlety of, of this, Eric? Um, I think the reason I gave it a low score as a scary movie is I think halfway. Well, let's be clear. Five is totally five is average. average. Lower we than, say that lower every episode. So the reason that I gave it a lower than a six, which is what uh, you guys gave it, a high six, I believe, David, yeah. for the record, um, <laughs> is I think halfway through I realized that it was a Battle of the Sexes movie. It was not a horror movie necessarily. And then I looked around and I realized that half the people in the audience were men. There weren't ever a group of women going to this movie alone it was you know usually middle school or high school kids going on dates and in bryce's case he was the he was the only one in the well i was (laughs) really yeah oh my god well i saw it i saw it like er the first showing um 11 like it was like 245 or something in the afternoon in the afternoon because i have like a flexible schedule so i can kind of like wedge it in we understand Mm, you know and uh yeah, I was the only one in the theater, which is not it's not surprising. No, it's not surprising. But you but 
it was a it was a hundred percent male dominated audience. Yes, it was one hundred percent male. Oh, audience. interesting. In that in that showing, did anybody try to interview guys after the showings? Anybody try to interview us? Yeah, there there was a guy that came up and like gave me a tablet, and he's like, "Would well, you want to review this movie?" They're looking for feedback. Oh wow! And it had things like, "What's your religious affiliation?" and "What's your skin color?" and I just put like, "Asian Muslim." You're like, what? You like ambidextrous? Fucking white, fucking right. <laughs> but it was, and I'd never done that before, and I didn't know if that's because of the recent feedback online about the movie, or I don't I've know nev- what. I've never been approached. I've never been approached by anyone following a movie. It was weird, but I've, I've seen it before where they're trying to get like video clips for the news of reactions to it, but oh. I wouldn't expect that would have been. I, I bet it was just. Plain market research, Interesting. or like either that or marketing messaging, saying yeah. like what what does this group of people think about it? Hmm. Well, circling back to what you asked me, which is what I thought about the movie in general, is it was fine. Yeah, there was there was nothing crazy about it. Um, moments I laughed again, yeah. just because of me the too. writing, and it, there was nothing <laughs> wrong with the actors or actresses. Um, the choice of a Cosby sweater, I thought, was a, probably the worst decision in the whole movie. And we can, can you get guys, to that later. I, I don't. I can't say that. I can't say that. I uh, I recognize this. Can we move on to the Cosby sweater? What is? Uh, so yeah, the the black male, um, the good guy, romantic interest. That yeah. was the the blatant good guy. He was. Do you understand what a Cosby sweater is? Do I own a Cosby sweater? No. Do you understand what it is? What yeah. we're referring to. I mean, do does my one sweater is it Cosby esque? Okay, the, it's the a dude sweater. Okay, wait. No. So, so it's a pullover. It's uh-huh. a pullover sweatshirt slash uh-huh. sweater. No, it is a sweater. It's okay, like a knitted okay sweater, and it's just kind of ugly and all over the place. It's what Bill Cosby would have worn on the Cosby Show. Okay, I'm there. Like, and he was definitely wearing that sweater. So I thought that was like so the uh, movie. This is this is a. This is a signal. I think they're that's... Trying to, well, they're trying to warn well, us. So this is what I thought was a bad decision. The movie about anti-rape culture and drugging women at parties. Yeah. The good guy in this movie that's against those things, they decide to put him in a sweater of an individual who has been arrested for those same exact things. No. Well, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> and I was like, that's probably not the best costume choice. Look, I, but also, though, I feel like I feel like trends... In, I mean, well, you, actually, I should ask you, because to be fair, Eric is the by far the the person in this room who pays attention to trends in fashion Guys, more, more than that's Bryce such a, or I. That's such a low bar, though. It's just not... Well, we don't meet it. Is what we we're don't meet that bar. So, uh, uh, but what my, the point I'm trying to make is: uh, is that is that are Cosby sweaters a thing now? Did, uh, did uh, no? Is that that's not a popular? They, I don't know if they look. could be. I think that they would, especially with like uh, just in general. There was well, this is more obvious, but the Walmart sweater with Santa snorting cocaine. I'm sure you guys heard about that. Uh-huh. Mm. So they had to take that down. I think if some, if people got wind of a Cosby sweater coming back, hmm. I think people would cancel it because yeah. of all the stuff going on. So I don't think Cosby sweaters are in. I, I have just, a I have in my wildly inappropriate shirt drawer. I have a shirt with uh, cartoon Cosby on it, and it says "Oh, with the Jello pudding on it." Well, okay. So this is, again, this is why I gave it a five. If a character in the movie 
mm. made some tongue-in-cheek comment about his sweater because the movie was self-aware about the message it's trying mm. to put out. That would be different. Ah. Uh-huh. But they didn't even mention it. <laughs> no, None of the girls on the street were like, that's an interesting sweater choice. Like, they weren't even right. aware of the world around them. It was super interesting. Well, yeah. I mean, that's true to life, though. Maybe, that, maybe them not commenting on it is the movie's way of nodding to the fact that Gen Z is basically unaware of who Cosby is and what he did because... Because, I mean, that was way back in the 80s. They can't be expecting to know who that guy is. <laughs> um, the women he raped were boomers, is what I'm trying. Okay, boomers, you know. Oh, my God. <laughs> was, is it still alleged, allegedly raped? Allegedly, or did he get I'm, convicted? Allegedly. I think he, I think he actually got convicted now. I don't, I don't. I'm not playing any games. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not for it. I'm not against it. I'm definitely against it. <laughs> Cosby Watch 2020. All right. So... First of all, let's talk about what's what did they keep from the original? Because it's not much. Like I, it, I'm hard pressed to find exactly. It was out of college. What they share? It was out of college during Christmas break. During Christmas break, they were s- sorority, mm-hmm. and uh, there are some. There's a cop. Pe- people that get killed. Oh yeah, the cop. The cop moment that doesn't. The cop that doesn't believe them. Yeah. Um. Uh, the the attic. Uh. I mean, but it's just that the attic exists, though. Yeah, the yeah. attic was a huge part in the in the first one. Yes, it was where the killer lived in the spoilers. Yeah. Nineteen seventy four spoilers. Uh, yeah, the the uh, the killer lived in the sorority girl's attic, and he would call them on the phone and breathe and go, uh, uh, and uh, freak them out. Yeah, a lot of what what was like definitive of of that first movie he left he killed the girl in the attic and left her in that chair all tied up the uh-huh. same way like that was a clear like throwback did was she tied up in the chair in the attic i didn't see that she was yeah she was dead she was dead with the christmas lights yeah with the christmas lights she went up to check on all the christmas I, lights and I she's must like have, did I these must expire have... oh your memory's so bad bryce how do you not remember this yeah i must have just totally because I I know that iconic image from the first one. It's not yeah. like the poster. Yeah, it's the poster, and it's the most disturbing poster yeah, ever. I don't remember a girl wrapped in plastic. She wasn't wrapped in plastic, but it was the same pose. She was tied up in uh, in Christmas lights. Oh, okay, yeah. all right. You could trust me. All right. Um. Yeah, and that's kind of where the similarities end. A lot of the iconic. Um stuff from the first movie are yeah. not in this movie no, so no. like the director said she she wanted to take it she wanted to make a movie where instead of feeling objectified and watched at a distance like that was that was the point yeah of the first movie was that it was the first one to kind of show the first person perspective yeah of the killer stalking the women and watching them the whole time and that wasn't here at all there's no like first person perspective you know kind of halloween-esque kills Uh, in it no and um the fact that it wasn't just a crazy man that there's this giant conspiracy with a group of men instead of one sole yeah crazy killer yeah yeah that was kind of it was so maybe we should set up yeah maybe we should set up the uh well i don't know you yeah, we'll we'll get there. Yeah, we'll so get the there. the other, I think the the last thing is a big part of the original was the menacing phone calls. Yeah, 
that was not that. Oh no, there was there was menace, men, there <laughs> menacing menacing text. text. It was modernized, yeah. Which you know, to be honest, is so much, much less menacing. So much less menacing. It's because it could be read so many times. <laughs> could be, I, he you should have misinterpret just, these texts. He should have just sent gifts, like yeah. really scary gifts. <laughs> Or memes or something. If he's anything like me, it's just a bunch of Simpsons and American Psycho gifts. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, just that the menace of a phone call back in the 70s was probably much larger because they had to know your phone number. Um, and it was much more personal because it was live. And they're forcing you to listen to them heavily breathe in the phone. Yeah. And the menacing texts are like... Well, they made it a point that it's like a social media app. Are you DMing me? And so somehow, you know, you can send text to anyone on this social media platform. Yeah. And uh, it's not live. And like it, it, like girls probably get worse text than these like all the time. I mean, these all these texts are probably less offensive than just getting a dick pic, which probably happens all the time now i'm starting to realize why this movie needed to be made <laughs> the things the things you just got done saying yeah <laughs> um girls probably get way worse test text than this all the time right yeah <laughs> that's fucked up uh so the first death um there's kind of like the one girl that's left over from that's she's the last girl to leave for Christmas well, holiday. To be to clear, the f the first death is the girl walking home at night. Yeah. Okay, that's that's the one you're doing. They're so similar. Well, yeah she she's leaving campus to go visit her family, mm -hmm. and as she's walking away, she starts getting followed. And I immediately identified the guy following her as a red herring. I was like, well, it's not going to be that right. guy. Yeah, yeah. Not not at all because it was so too obvious. Yeah, she was receiving text messages, and the guy walking behind her was on his phone. But it was appropriate. Like he was appropriately text. creepy. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's definitely he's regardless of whether or not he was going to be the one to kill her. I feel like he had something to you know, like he was he had a bone to pick with her a little bit. Like right. if the other guy hadn't, if the alpha hadn't jumped in, right, he'd have been all over. Yeah, it'd so that. that that was red herring, and then just randomly popping up as a hooded figure behind her yeah uh, in a black robe yeah think uh think scream think the black robe from scream yeah or like eyes wide shut <laughs> with the mask oh, yeah that too um so this hooded figure appears behind her and starts chasing her and i, I guess he had did he have a knife he was he just chasing he after no, or no because him. when she opens the door he breaks a icicle yeah that's right yeah he was just running around with her which is the perfect murder weapon because it'll just melt yeah, yeah. so right. the, the he, he starts chasing her and she's like frantic you know horror movie uh chick tripping over everything yeah and then the the moment where it it turns the corner for me of like okay well this is just dumb fun like i can i can kind of get into this yeah. is she goes up to a door and frantically is knocking on it and looking behind her she's like someone help help me and it's help the me. most decorated house on the block yeah. like it's beautiful and There's then the a huge mechanical teddy bear too that was yeah. nice yeah and then the door opens and inside the door is the same hooded figure no 
<laughs> yeah, that was that was a blast. And then he, yeah, he breaks the icicle off and uh, and stabs her through the heart. And then and 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 she makes a snow angel yeah. as she's and her her hair. I just wanted. to I'm pretty see. sure that's taken from the original too. I think there was like a snow angel type. I think the first death was kind of a snow angel type death. The thing is, it was a snow angel at first, and then he would drag the body out of the scene. Yeah. And then it created like a fallen a, angel. It created like a ball and penis type look in the snow, oh. which I had a problem with. It made me uncomfortable. Her hair looked nice. I wanted to smell it. I just wanted to get that in Jesus, there. David. <laughs> you don't want to smell girls' hair? It's men like you that get this movie. Oh, made. I'm sorry that I find, them so, the I find them so nice and good smelling that I just want to smell them. That's where it starts. <laughs> I mean, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable right now. <laughs> uh, j- just because I smell your hair, the one time now you're always on, now you're always on about it. What's it smell like? Well, mostly sadness. <laughs> Damn, he has smelled my hair. <laughs> okay, so it goes back to the sorority house, and the girls obviously don't know about this one murder because they're expecting her, you know, to be traveling home, so they don't expect her to come back. Um, and we're introduced to the main four and the other sorority sisters. It's a, how would you, how would you describe the dynamic? Um, yeah, so there's the, there's the wildly feminist girl, um, who is, is always has, always has a cause. Uh huh. There's the ditzy dumb girl. Um, I mean, it seems like they're all on board, though. Oh like, yeah, they're all on board. She doesn't. She's not the the character that's like the crazy, over the top person that everyone's like rolling their okay. eyes at. They're yeah, all, yeah, yeah. They're all pretty much on board. They're but all she people. Is, she is the more and and that's the other thing is one. they're all they're all believable characters. They're all believable people. Right. Like if you take a look at Thanks Killing, these are literally these are not characters. These are just stereotypes right that that walk and talk yeah but if if we're looking at this black christmas yeah they're all believable characters who have seemingly real life motivations but they they do have archetypes that they fit so there's the there's the you know wildly feminist uh girl who always has a cause there's kind of the ditzy dumb girl who is is intelligent in her own way but not listening like listening is not her strong suit yeah um, then there's the, the main, the main, kind character. Of the main character, Sophie, yeah. uh, Sophie, Sophie is kind of more reserved. Mm-hmm. And we find out that a big part of that is that, um, she's still recovering from a sexual assault and kind of retreating socially because of it. And then as the movie progresses, she gets more, you know, um, empowered and yeah. and more uh, active in and then there's and then there's the girl with the boyfriend yeah yeah she and her thing is she has a boyfriend right yeah and he's and he's <laughs> he's kind of a tertiary main character and i i can't remember i feel like in the santa suits like she was pregnant was she pregnant who whom i thought i spied one of them was pregnant and it was the one that had the boyfriend but i might have just not I might have just I don't imagine that. I don't think they alluded to that anywhere else, so it might have just been Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't recall that. So maybe maybe not. All right. Maybe she she was just really bloated that day. 
Jeez. God. Speaking of bloating, um, if you it sets the tone pretty early on with the sorority sisters when uh, one of them comes into Sophie's room in a panic. Yeah. I lost my diva cup. <laughs> Again, not not super subtle. And then she she, she borrows a a pad and uh for those proceeds for, to Now wait, we have we put are, it on while maintaining eye contact the whole time, which is Man, such a such a strong move. You should come to our house. You should see. You should see how things go down. Like I, I take shits with the door open, and and authority. You know, uh-huh. I maintain eye contact with everybody who walks by, wiping, <laughs> not wipe, like pushing. It's all there. Do you, um, do you wipe and then show it to people as they pass by? Just keeping, <laughs> oh, just keeping you prized. Is, no, I'm not that vile. Um, <laughs> Uh, where was I? What was I gonna? Oh, yeah. So yeah, Diva Cup. We uh, we do have um, a lot of our listeners are are not females. Um, we do About have two thirds of them are not females, right? So a Diva Cup. For those of you who don't know, here we go. This this isn't. I mean, so this it's not called horror. It's called horror movie talk. So here we go. Um, I mean, we should be comfortable we gotta, with blood. We got to be talking about the movie. So a Diva Cup is imagine. Okay, so it, <laughs> this is so amusing. In ecologically, you are talking about an this. ecologically friendly answer to uh, tampons or uh, or pads, mm-hmm. right? So instead, it's like this reusable, uh, f- flexible cup that you um, <clears throat> that you cram up into your into your vag, and uh, and then it you know it holds back the floodgates. And and then you know while and then when you have a chance you go to the somewhere uh, and the bathroom and you pull it out and then the floodgates open. I assume this is all this is all speculation on my part. This, this is great. Specu- specu- <laughs> speculation speculum. If you're if you're one of our female fans, could you just reach out to us on social media and explain in detail for David how a diva cup works? I just did it. I explained it. Uh-huh. You didn't explain well, it. Well, let let let. I explained it to you. Okay, let's let's for have all, the female for listeners. all everybody here knows. You didn't know, and I just told you how it worked. I would like the female fans to let let us know if if that's an accurate description. Yeah. Of a of a diva cup. Anyways. So she she gets a pad and maintains eye contact while she's putting it on. Um, it's hot. <laughs> Jesus, I was all, I was all about it. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about. So we talked about how the texts were the menacing, yeah. like communication element. Can we t- have we talked about cell phones in horror movies and how problematic it is? We've mentioned for the it. genre. Yeah, we've mentioned it once or twice. So it's it's like. Knowing that they exist, and especially when you see a character use one, it removes almost all of the danger. Yeah. So. Yeah, because it's like, well, you got nine one one in your hand. Yeah. Until they drop their phone. Oh, yeah. No. So now they have to do one of two things. Really tapping into that that latest gen of like people who who I can't be without my phone. That is the truest horror. Yes. <laughs> dropping their phone, <laughs> and the whole audience recoils, and they're like, oh, "She dropped her phone." Does she I, not have a case on that thing. I hope it's not broken. <laughs> um. So, 
yeah, they they it seems like horror movies nowadays do one of two things with cell phones. They use them as like a supernatural device to where the phone can like tell you when you're gonna die, yeah. or it can like text you when you're when the network isn't on. Spooky or phone, they, or it turns on itself. Yeah, and it's like okay. Yeah. That's one avenue. That's then, a, that's the dumbest avenue, by the way. And then the other is the characters just conveniently lose them at the most inconvenient time. Right. So in this in this film, where they're most directly being attacked, attacked altogether by the killer, like they run out of a room and they, <laughs> there's just like a trail, like a Hansel and Gretel trail of cell phones yeah. left behind it's them. Like, it's like all three of them had their phones out, were looking at their phones, and then bumped each other in the head. Like they all walked into each other's head at the same time, and all three phones hit the floor, and they were like, oh no! And then they couldn't bend down to pick them up. Like they had to keep running. Um, so yeah, I'd say cell phones is the most bothersome new trope in horror movies, for for sure. Cell phones and, and, and laptops. It's, it would so, be so easy to address it too because there are cell phone jammers oh yeah yeah like, absolutely you oh, just but, like have the killer have a cell phone jammer problem solved i can just imagine the the discussion that takes place in the like the the production studio or the the executives like we need to appeal to the younger audience what are they like well my kid won't get off her fucking phone for two seconds that's good phones <laughs> we're doing it it's like okay all right so one of them wireless phones. Uh-huh. Yeah. Inside your house. Smart. You can carry anywhere in the house? No, a smart phone. Come on, Vin. You got to get with the times. Uh, okay. Um, I mean, I've got, I've got a lot of stuff we can talk about, but we don't have to hit all of it. I think... Okay, here, let's, let's talk about the, the PG-13 element. That's like the another main thing. Yeah. So what... Did it distract you guys at all? The the edits in this movie? A little bit. I don't these things don't bother me nearly like they bother you. What about you, Eric? Did you notice PG thirteen edits in this movie? Were you bothered by them? Uh not as an average consumer of these types of movies, probably not. Um there's a scene where she's in the attic tied up post I I'm flashing forward a little bit. Yeah. Uh-huh. She's wrapped up in the the lights and she turns around and you can see that something's kind of maybe stuck in her eye but then they cut away really quickly yeah those types of things i find more artsy than annoying like oh i wish i could see it freaking plunged into her eyeball why didn't they show me that (laughs) yeah but other edits i may not have noticed so maybe they were more artful about it it could have been a pretty badass r movie yeah 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 it could have i think it would have been a much better movie if they had just committed to the r well maybe you got maybe you guys need to educate me Maybe your so, audience, maybe so. Like the blood, for instance, if the if the blood was actually red, would that have? If it was actually blood, would that have made it maybe more of an probably? R? It probably would have contributed, but I don't think blood is like. Well, yeah, I mean, in PG thirteen movies, are usually bloodless. Think about like yeah. Marvel movies. How mm-hmm. okay? How how much blood do you see None. in those movies? Um, okay, like but for yeah, you get away with like a drip on the on the side of the mouth, right? Like that's it. Um, so that's that's one, but that's not even the most notice, noticeable for me. For me, it was I, it's probably the same scene. So they they have the scene where the girl discovers the dead girl and she starts turning her around. You know, she's yeah, up in, in the, the chair, up in the attic. The killer had killed her with a shard of glass or a mirror. Yeah, and so 
like maybe that just happened so quick that I didn't even remember it. But I remember the moment that she's turning around the girl and all we see is the reaction. Yeah, it cuts right before you get to see really anything like there's an illusion of an of an injury. Yeah, but not much. So in, in some circumstance, this works great. Like Quentin Tarantino is really good at not showing a lot, but making you like imagine it. What's in the suitcase? This was not that case. This was very obviously the original shot showed like a horrific mutilated face um and it cut that out and only showed the the reaction yeah um so that was like it was so jarring that pulled me out the other one was this moment that was really confusing when they're being attacked this one of the girls picks up an axe and she attacks the guy and the 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 guy turns around and i can't tell whether she was stabbed or punched really hard because it doesn't show it. That reminded me of like a Jackie Chan uh, combat scene or something. Yeah. Like people have weapons, but they aren't sharp or anything. Yeah. That's kind of what it reminded me of. So I couldn't, like just the fact that they couldn't show like a, na- a knife being stabbed into someone because it, it yeah. would have affected the rating. Yeah. That it actually made it confusing because I'm like, how injured is she? What actually happened? Yeah. There's blood coming out of her mouth. Where did that come from? Right. Yeah. And then, um, oh, and the other one was like the girl that shot in the calf with an arrow, but it looks like it just barely scratches her skin, but she's hobbled by it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, probably originally it showed like a stream of blood coming out or something that communicated that this was a serious injury, but they had to cut that out. And so now it's just like, well, she's hobbled because she's hobbled. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think I'm more confused than I thought I was. Because during that scene, I thought I had just missed something or looked down at the wrong time. Right. And then the last one, <laughs> the most yeah. the most obvious one, was at the very end where uh, it's like the ultimate badass moment that's cut short. Because <laughs> yeah. the, the, the girl... Um, with the arrow, she stands up and she's like, suck my... And then just an explosion. Suck my... Yeah, it's like, okay. So that would have been a cool moment if she actually got to say... So what? what is your assumption of what sh- that line actually was before they edited it? Dick. Oh, man. Dick? Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a strong... Did you watch the movie, David? I mean, I personally, if it was me, the writer, I would say suck my cunt. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Woo. Dang. Yeah, well, I mean, that would be much more powerful than Dick. That would have been, that <laughs> been like, earned an R. I've been like, damn. <laughs> she really means it, too. Um, so I think, I think it's important to kind of, like, I think, so we should get into the setup for the, the beef between the sorority and the, and the fraternity, which is this song that they sing. Right. See... And this the, is still the, at the start and yeah. kind of like within the first 20 minutes of the movie. So, yeah, rewinding to the beginning of the movie, kind of the backstory of Sophie is that she is a rape survivor. And the guy that raped her um, is still on campus. No one believed her. And he's a member of this one frat that they're going to a party to, which is like a talent contest. Right. So as a part of the talent contest, Sophie and her... Well, actually, there's four girls that were supposed to perform this 
song and one of them drops out and sophie at the last minute is pulled in yeah because she was the the talent coach for yeah. this song and then they perform this song which was kind of confusing to me because i f- okay first of all this is the worst acapella arrangement i've ever like seen on film it was so like what do you mean so little effort was put into trying to make this and okay if you were at this talent contest okay. maybe, maybe eric can set it up because so there's a bunch of hot girls in cute outfits standing on a stage yeah, singing it's, like it's a very christmas much, so, like a sexy christmas song like, it's like unwrap a, me that's how it starts yeah that's it's how almost it starts. exactly like the the outfits on mean girls when they do the, yeah. mm-hmm. the christmas yeah, yeah. uh bit except they stand up so this is, this is a personal beef with me so they stand up and start singing no backing track and like they're singing unison, like doot do doot 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 doot, like just singing it. <laughs> okay. okay, I see where you like going. a weird, weird thing. And then okay, they see. Here's the problem. Here's let me tell the audience what the problem is. Here we have a professional musician who's our guest for today, and then we have a a, a man who who still to this day sings in choir, and not only that, who has a bachelor's in what. What's your bachelor's? Uh, vocal performance. Vocal performance. So this is the problem, is you have people who are way, way too specialized in this specific scene to be happy with it. Well, anyways, it was distracting from me. And then they, they pull in Sophie, and uh, and she starts singing, and it starts out with like the sexy you know, song, <laughs> I was straight, all right with straight all out of, of Mean Girls, and then it transitions. I didn't hear a word they said. You know, S-E-X, dink. Yeah, and then it transitions to Sophie starting to sing. And this whole time that, like, they're all doing the sexy stuff, she's kind of, like, shrinking in the background. Like, she doesn't want to be a part of it because she's it feels awkward performing in front of a rapist, which, granted... Because he comes be... back to campus that day randomly. Yeah. So... Um, so but then she starts singing, and the song transitions to, like accusatory or calling them out for yeah. raping her and i was confused because all the girls knew the words to this new song that they had just transitioned into because <laughs> i f- well the way she delivered it it felt like it was improvised like no i'm gonna right. i'm gonna right take this moment and twist it well it had to, to be improvised because she was just she was just brand new to the to the no but i i don't think it was though I think, I think that was actually the point of the of the thing because then the girls that are singing with her sing the same lyrics. This is what I'm saying. Well, it's, and later on they allude to the song I created. They're fighting in the kitchen, and oh. the one with the 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 uh, warrior archetype figure, yeah. the uh-huh. the girl with the cause. She says, "I wrote that song," and I think to me that alluded to oh. the fact that the main character, who's more passive. It was a plan to start the song out as like cutesy, the guys would love it, and then uh-huh. throughout the concert yeah. it would transition it. But it did feel improvised, and yeah, I don't know if it was the directing or what. Yeah, I mean, the directing was weird. It was confusing. With it, so it uh, was uh, confusing. Up until this mo- like to to this moment now, I'm still a little conf- Now I'm even a bl- more confused. So this is kind of, supposedly, this is the impetus for the frat like getting angry at him but we've so, already seen that they've been attacked before that so but the this performance was taped 
and then placed on YouTube. And, uh, and it was uh, directed at this fraternity. So now the fraternity and then the and then the video goes viral. So now the fraternity is taking, you know, t- t- national heat. And on top of that, these same girls were in charge of getting the statue that was being displayed at the college taken down because right. of this person, whoever it was. The man name. who's named, who's, who the college is Correct. named after, the founder of the college, his And the his founder bust, of the frat. Yes. Yeah. His bust is is has been removed because of the these girls um doing doing work to prove that he was you know he was a a, a mean old man who touched people yeah so yeah. i think i think if it was more clear the concert would have been more like the final straw mm-hmm. but it yeah. was a little confusing yeah i mean they're already they're already killing people before that so it's not yeah i mean the the synopsis <laughs> of it says like oh yeah or when you listen to the interviews the people are like oh yeah this they did this performance and it set them off and it's like no they they're already killing if you don't shut your fucking mouth i will kill you (laughs) (laughs) so anyways uh, in during during that um that scene where they're in the frat sophie is looking around and stumbles across this weird ritual like hazing thing Mm -hmm. and yeah like a secret room where where a dude's getting like like stuff placed on his face like goop this black goo yeah black goo and you think later like oh well they're gonna explain what that black goo is because it shows like this bust of i think it's nathaniel hawthorne or something like Cal- that calvin calvin coolidge yeah and what? his eyes <laughs> what I don't think so. his <laughs> eyes are like crying this black liquid the bust is like yeah. this marble bust is crying this black liquid and they rub it on the initiate's head and are can't, saying all I can't about believe you bryce this stuff and you assume like well they're gonna explain the what that black stuff is and they never really do it's black it's goop it's evil look black at his sh- christmas yeah, yeah look it's he's got shifty eyes the bust has shifty eyes um so it's very and it kind of it kind of um takes the legs away from this movie that they reveal obviously that it's this frat because it shows all the frat boys in those black robes that the killer was in in the first scene like one of the first scenes in the movie so it's like well the audience now knows that it's this frat and it's not just one guy i i again i can't i can't i can't get behind you bryce i, I can't believe that bryce prefers van patten's card to mine now so i think that that it actually did a good job because it it did a doozy on me it, it uh it did it like it, it just made me go okay so clearly one of these guys like now it's a who done it like one of these guys in this frat is going after these girls he's really because like i i thought that was the least surprising twist in recent memory was that was they that killed was they killed multiple bad guys they killed the guy in the robe and then there was another guy in a robe well i mean as soon as they killed him yes it became very apparent that there was more but but up until that point i was like oh well there's there's just this is going to be a who done it he's going to chase him around I'm, yeah. we're going to have to and then it's going to be a scooby doo moment at the end of the movie where we unmask him and of course it was those but if it weren't for those that damn kids and their dog yeah um 
What was the other? Okay. What did What did you think of the black goop and the Calvin Coolidge bust? I thought that Hot Fuzz did a better job of whodunit than this movie. Oh wow, Hot Fuzz. Well, I mean, you, you they're they're robed, it to the best. Their robed figure figure whodunit, I think, was approached a lot. That's not necess- That's not a scary movie. That's not a horror movie necessarily. Mm, it's on but par it's, with this. It's intense though. <laughs> yeah, and um. I was a little disappointed that they didn't just make somebody's eyes come out of the, one of the paintings in the hallway. Because <laughs> that would have been great. That would have been great. Why have we not seen any eyes in any paintings for like 35 years? I know. You said Scooby-Doo and it just came to me, David. Oh, man. Um, so let's just like talk about the third act and and get this over with. Um <laughs> So they the women start getting attacked and they kind of fight back. Oh yeah, one one's tangent. Why do movies insist on using a bow as a bludgeoning device? Like that is somehow going to be effective. As soon as okay, so specifically re- designed to give cuz it bows. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like they take a bow and they whack someone on the head like it's like no, it go boing. That's what it would do. That's what it's designed you to do. You can laugh into the mic. You're allowed to use the mic to laugh. <laughs> Eric is Eric, Eric is, is dying. It's a good monologue, and I don't want to ruin it. You, it's a good this, take. You're treating you're treating these mics as though they're as though they're precious sacred objects, and they're not. I just don't want to ruin the take. I burp into the mic. No, it's um, so they bow. They go boing. <laughs> they bow. They go, they don't go whack. It's they so go boing. It's in the name. <laughs> uh, yes. So uh, that was that was something I I wrote in my notes because the first killer, like the guy who we think it is for fifteen twenty minutes, something like that, his weapon of choice is a bow and arrow in a house and i was like this is a questionable slasher weapon but okay but also it's like a super powered bow but it's just a wooden bow it, yeah it's not even a compound yeah, it's bow. Not a it's, compound it's a, like a recurve bow yeah 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 so what the fuck is that about <laughs> and but, that thing was slamming those arrows into those yeah. doors like i was like jesus christ <laughs> yeah i mean it's it acts like this this recurve bow would be able to shoot an arrow through a glass, like a auto glass. Guys, you forgot that the statue gave these boys a crazy amount of strength and power. Oh. Did so did it also that? give the crazy amount of strength and power to a wooden bow? Maybe it's magical. We okay. don't know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, don't, you know, you're kind of acting a little bit like the patriarchy right now. <laughs> and I'd li- also like to point out it happened with a literal dog whistle. I don't know if anybody caught that. What? Oh yeah, for sure. What, it was the boys. Mean? The boys would be like, "Oh, there's a, there's a, there's a sound in my head. My oh, head hurts." Yes. Oh yeah, I forgot. And I'm all like, about "Okay, that. so you're you're literally talking about a literal whistle in a guy's yeah. head that makes him act." You mean a dog whistle like this? Please don't. <laughs> to all I the have dog a, listeners I have out a there, we apologize. Dog whistle on my on my uh, keychain because my neighbors are dicks. Um, but he, the boyfriend, got throat. The boy, I can't talk. Oh my it's God. okay. That's we can't <gasps> talk either. So the boyfriend got thrown out at this point, though, right? When they're well, he got attacked. murdered. Like he, no, oh, no, no, right, no, no, that's no. right. So because he brings up an opposite point from the fighting woman. 
Yeah, so she got oh, in. A, right, right, she right, got right. in an argument with him, and he was like, "I'm out of here." She, no, she kicks him out. She throws him out of the house, and then he comes back to be like, "I, I wanted to say I'm sorry." At the wor- at the best slash worst moment, he's like, "Hey, I just wanted to say I'm sorry." And they're being chased by the by the killer and her main character, Sophie, is like, "Hey, can you shut the fuck up?" And he's like, "I just really wanted to say I'm sorry," and just acting like a real man. And, uh, you know, just flailing all over the place. And then the killer comes in and he's like, listen here, young ruffian. I'll have you know that I'm trained in the art of jujitsu and and Aikido. Well, he's, like, he's like, well, prepare to feel the might of man. <laughs> and he goes to attack and he gets immediately shot in the face with an arrow. Yeah, yeah, he get arrowed out. So they kill one. Okay, so th- this also has the scene of the most, like logically inconsistent um, framing of a shot in the world. They're being chased by the killer. And so it's Chris, I think is the, is the black girl is being chased. And it's in the trailer. Why she got to be a girl (laughs) person. Uh Uh, (laughs) She's crawling on the kitchen and it's in the trailer, and it pans back, and the hooded figure is on the counter above her. Yeah, and then it, and then he attacks her, and then it shows that it's like, Sophie. It's like, bitch, was, why didn't you tell her? <laughs> Sophie was right behind her, so so, so witnessing the whole thing. Yeah, so it's like, able to see it. So if you were to like, it's hard to explain, but Sophie definitely would have seen a six foot hooded figure standing in the middle of the kitchen standing on the kitchen island on a <laughs> and not not so much as a hey he's right above hey, you hey don't and, don't do that he's right there in the commercials after they fight back against this hooded figure mm-hmm. i don't know if anybody watched the commercials um in the commercials they fight against this hooded figure on the countertop for some reason and they attack him and kill him and then they pull open the mask in the commercial it's a bust. It's not a real person. <gasps> oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So in the commercial, it's like a ceramic face under the mask. And you're like, whoa, that is weird. It's like a trippy thriller. And then in the movie, it was the kid with the black mark on his forehead with yeah. like red pupils. And I was yeah. like, that's not what the commercial The guy said, that they had seen uh, go through the the, yeah. the ritualistic uh, in, uh, and then And then the pledge. they're like, pledge. so yeah. the they kill him. They kill one of them, and they're like, "He doesn't have any blood. He has this black goo. He has no face." And they never explain why their blood is replaced by black goo. Yeah, like ever. No, just it's it's magic. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I mean, <clears throat> that is, I mean, that's that's literally what the movie does. It goes, "Hey, magic!" At this point, yeah. And so they Calvin Coolidge uh, is haunting all our boys. <laughs> they go back to the sorority. And their master plan, and I think this is a direct quote from the movie. We need to sneak. We need to sneak into where the bust is because that's where the power is coming from. That's where the power is coming from, right? Well, I mean, what's yeah? What do you? What's the matter? <laughs> what's going? What's, what's the matter with you? <laughs> and so they go to the frat house and they find like all of the bros. Oh, the, and they are the broiest, the broiest bro, and like, so like her, Eric's all over the place. Her, <laughs> screw you guys. Her her rapist is there, and like I said, he is the he is the <laughs> gum chewingest bro oh, yeah. ever. He's like, hey, remember when I raped you? 
I told you guys I'd get her Neil. Yeah, he was a dick. He was a real mean guy. And I just felt like a lot of the men in this movie were pretty mean. Got a headache, bro? That's also a direct quote. <laughs> I mean, this guy was a real jerk. Yeah, he sure was. Uh, I can't believe you keep using that same drop over and over again. But it's from different sources. It's not from the same movie. So. Oh, okay. So there's so there's rules to yes, how. Yes, how, there okay, is. Okay, I see. Um, Say hello to Snowball. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Patrick. Merry Christmas, Patrick. Um, so they they go and all the men are together, and then there's this big exposition. Carrie Elwes explains everything. He's like, well, it's the founder, and he died, and he was a master of black arts, and he gave us instructions on how to how to perform this ritual so that we can take back the world for men and, and put women in their place. It is that blatant. That is that is the ending of the movie. Is right. It's a it's a conspiracy using mystical black magic for um, empowering the patriarchy. Yeah. To take back the world and and uh, then they then they attack the women attack and they so, set fired everything. So I almost left during the scene. I almost didn't. <laughs> if I wasn't doing the podcast, I think I would have left. It took a hard a hard left into uh, full retard mode. Well, yeah. and yeah, it it very uh, at the last ten minutes of this movie went absolutely bonkers. Just bonkers. Which is like... There's so many bad quotes in the last 10 minutes. Yeah. The, the, this is where the guy behind me threw his hands up, I think. And I think the quote was something <laughs> where about... Heard, where I heard him throw his you've, hands up. You've messed... I'll throw out a couple. Is that okay? Yeah, go like, for it. Go for you've it. You've messed with the wrong sisters. That was one. Uh-huh. Um, your body, your choice. That was like right. a, a slant that one of the frat guys threw at the girl when she yeah, was trying to make was, a decision. Yeah. Um, and then as she lifts the statue above her head, which um, she has a lot of upper body strength, I might She add. goes, busted! <laughs> she says, we will never be broken. Oh, yeah. Busted. That would have been good. Um, There's just a lot of quotes the, the, my, my favorite quote from the third act was, uh, Cosby Sweater Bro, um, he... He's going and he's going to like fight against him, and then he goes, "Suck a fat fart, you got, you just got zated." <laughs> I there's a lot of things about this movie that if you don't, if if you don't, if you're a man or if if you're heavily in the camp of us versus like this movie definitely portrays this a battle of the sexes as an us versus them thing. And I don't think I, I mean this is just my and even, personal even opinion. The good, even the good guys are like even the good turned guys. against their will, yeah. and it's it's, it's not. Like, there's a lot of if you don't go into if if you, if you don't have a sense of humor about um, about the ba- the quote unquote battle of the sexes, then uh, this, you're not going to have a good time at this movie. Well, they didn't have a humor about they like, did not. The creator, I think that's the thing. That's the reason why I didn't like it as much as if they understood some of the humor behind the Cosby sweater and mm-hmm. some of the other lines. Yeah, it was movie. pretty blatant that men are been, dumb. It would have been funny. Like, when they go to the cop, uh, it's it's just like, fat cop likes mayo. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Look at him cramming all this mayo onto his sandwich, the fat pig. And it's like, okay, well, that could be a thing against cops, but he is a man, so, yeah. 
this, I, I don't know. I just don't think, I mean, if we're, if we're to the point where we're talking about, you know, the message of the movie, I just don't think it's wise to continue framing feminism as an us versus them sort of thing, because it's, you, you need each other. We're all here on this earth. 50% of us are one and the other 50 are another. It, why, why does it have to be a battle? Why is one of us always stupid and women are always dumb or men are always dumb? It's it's a ridiculous framing and it's it does a disservice to the whole thing. Yeah. And I, I think there's plenty of movies, too, where the sexes make fun of each other, whether it's like, yeah, a, whether it's like a father daughter relationship or a husband wife relationship. And they do it quite well. The writing's good. The humor's good. We can all laugh at ourselves. Right. But the lines that were delivered in the last 10 minutes were just so bad. <laughs> they were bad. Yeah. It wasn't even about the message. It was just like, did is this the first draft? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, this, this movie, the whole thing is kind of a good example of taking uh, trends that are working very well. And there's been a couple, you know, quote unquote, woke horror movies that are super successful like get out oh yeah us was another one to where it is taking social commentary but kind of like and does it intelligently and with yeah. a lot of thought and effort being put into the framing of everything yeah to where it's not just like in your face it it actually Man, is addressing bad. the ambiguity ambiguity of it a little bit um so it takes kind of that using a you know social socially conscious um theme and trying to build a movie to teach a lesson about it but it takes all those elements and does it much much worse <laughs> than the the ones that are successful yeah. um i'd like to harken back to a simpsons quote and now the estrogen network presents afternoon yak Man. Yeah! Cancel. <laughs> Man. Boo! You know, we did recently review another uh, Christmas movie about feminism, and that was uh, that was American Psycho. Let's let's hear their thoughts on on women. Mm -hmm. If they have a good personality and they're not great looking, then who fucking cares? Well, let's just say hypothetically, okay? What if they have a good personality? <laughs> I know, I know. There are no, no girls, girls with, with good, good personalities. Personality. Yeah, I mean, so you could be watching American Psycho. Is so, what yeah, I'm trying we're, to say. We're way, you know, we're 100 percent behind American Psycho. I think we've made that clear. <laughs> you know, you know, in a great female empowerment movie, is uh, Ready or Not. That's like a oh, badass man, dude. Protagonist. And and possibly one of the best movies of the year as far as horror movies go. Maybe best movies of the year. Yeah. Of 2019, Ready or Not, Female Empowerment, all the way. I'm behind it. It was a great movie. Wasn't Bird Box a pretty good example of like a mother trying to protect her children? Yeah, I mean I felt that yeah. Bird Box was a decent it, it, I'm I'm sold on Bird Box. I loved yeah. it. I, I had a great time. Um so anyways, that's... And that's, The Perfection. There's another r really good... Well, I mean, The Perfection kind of went went kind of retarded at the end, yeah. too. Man, yeah, there's a lot of similarities between Black Christmas and The Perfection. Yeah, they're very similar movies. They both, like, just went completely off the rails in the at the ending. Huh. Okay. So would you recommend this movie? What's the final recommendations for Black Christmas? I... 
I personally would would recommend uh, you, you go see it. I like I said, it is a, for me. It's a six, but um, I I can't say like I was engaged the whole way through. I was interested in what was happening the whole way through. I had decent chuckles at you know because I do have a sense of humor about this whole. Um, you know, like trashing on men thing. I don't take it I, at this point. I can't take it personally because yeah. because it's just it's just silly to me. So it it is fun and funny, and it is a it is a good Christmas horror movie quote with quotations around it. Right. So yeah, um, it's no Silent Night, Deadly Night. It's no American Psycho, but uh, it's I I had a good time in the theaters, and there were plenty of couples in the theater that I was in who were having a good time too. Yeah, so. What do you think, Eric? IMDb gave it a was it like a two or a three or something like that. <laughs> what? Yeah, it had like a forty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, that's just I, the Patreon. It's not that bad. I would I stick pretty close to my five, maybe a high five after us talking. Yeah, I mean, I, it, I always enjoy a high five. It's a new horror movie. I wouldn't, you know, yeah, it's it's good fun. I would I would recommend seeing. I wouldn't unrecommend seeing it in the theater. Um, it's fine. If you want to watch something else other than the new Star Wars movie next week, might as well see this. Who would want to? Who would like this? It's the same thing as what I said on the Prodigy. I think it's young couples who yeah. kind of want to be scared and sit close to each other. Yeah, yeah. they'll really enjoy this movie. Yeah, who doesn't want to get a hand job and, to and, the patriarchy? Whoa, burning and down. really, whoa. I I do think that young women would actually really like this movie. Yeah, I think they heavily marketed it towards young women. There's been several movies that want to get. Like women ages, you know, eighteen to thirty-five to see some of these movies, and they're just not really resonating with them. But I mean, I, I genuinely think this would be a good time for no for I, young women. I absolutely, I absolutely agree. And uh, take your take your you know um, teenage daughter to this, and then talk, sit down and talk with her about everything that's wrong about it afterwards, right. and, and, and throw your patriarchy onto her. Okay, and stay honey, away from Cosby sweaters. Don't drop your phone, and <laughs> you know, don't use a plastic snow shovel as a as a weapon or a bow. It's just find something blunt. Right. You know, they make baseball bats. Right. Don't post things on YouTube. <laughs> Don't post things on YouTube. Here's a gun. Here's how to use it. Just yeah. lock yourself in your room. Basically, yeah. that's what the movie's trying yeah. to tell people. So yeah, yeah, it's it's decent. Um, okay, let's go into taglines now. Taglines. Okay, so taglines is a game where we come up with alternate taglines for the movie we just reviewed. Um, You're going to need to edit around me a little bit. Okay, in this, I'll. I've got a couple, Eric. If you if you come up with any. Can you remind me of the game again? So just come up with taglines for the movie. So like if you were to put... Like in a preview like or a, something? Yeah. Like you a can, preview or a, on the poster. Like okay. what they yeah. say like... Or you can just make jokes about the movie. That That's fine too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Black Christmas. Actually, they prefer African-American Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. 
we're going there. <laughs> wow. Right out the box. This fucking... Um, only a house full of women would name a cat Claudette. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, here, Claudette. <laughs> I'm like, that's the most, that's the longest, most hard name to say for a cat. Claudette. Um, Black Christmas, sliding a knife into your DMs. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's, no, that's, that is an accurate, ta- like that good. would be a tagline on a poster. Uh-huh. Uh, do you have, do you have any, can you think of any, Eric? Mine are bad. Okay, go for it. We look. No, like I don't. We take cringe. They aren't good. Yeah, no. Have you yes. listened to the Have you show listened before? to the episodes? Uh, Black Christmas, where everybody forgets about the Jewish girl right outside the window. Ooh. <clears throat> yeah, that's real. That's a, that's, that's a good one because it hits way too close to home. Yeah, she's like the second girl killed. And you'd get some of those Hanukkah viewers. Yeah. They're... <laughs> <laughs> there is a there's a there are a few menorahs throughout the house as well. Mm-hmm. Don't, you don't isn't that a weapon at one point? You don't spin a menorah. That's a dreidel. It's a dreidel. <laughs> uh, you got another one, David? Yeah, uh, this is a, a line from the movie. The this is the kind of the dumb girl, uh-huh. uh, not dumb, but just kind of aloof. Do I just turn on the oven and put the ham in? It feels too easy. <laughs> I, I laughed so hard. That is a great line. That was me. That's me right now. Like, that's me throughout my whole life. I should have been cooking ham my entire life. Yeah, and then later she's like, I, I, if I'd have known it was this easy, I'd been cooking my ham my whole life. Yeah. I have another direct quote. I was like, yes! This is my last one. Direct quote. Black Christmas. Think about it. Mm. I don't get it. She describes about all this voodoo magic, and it's the only reason things could be happening. And she looks at the driver and goes, think about it. Oh. And I was like. Yeah, that's a deep cut right there. Got it. <laughs> that is a deep cut. Uh, okay, this is my last one. Black Christmas, a diva cup full of terror. <laughs> diva cup full of terror. <laughs> Aren't all diva cups full of terror? <laughs> I still like I still like my note that I wrote down. Fat cop likes mayo. <laughs> I love the mouth sounds as he's eating the sandwich. Just like the most like, just the gooeyest mayo sounds that they could muster for a tagline that two people didn't really have anything written down for. That turned into one of the better taglines I think we've ever had. After watching Black Christmas, you'll be asking yourself, "Where the hell did the cat go?" <laughs> Hey, where did the cat go? Um, Okay, new game uh, called Black Christmas or Black Christmas or Black Christmas. Mm -hmm. I prepared a uh, an intro for this. It's Black Christmas or Black Christmas. Black Christmas. Shoot, I didn't do that right. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, you did. (laughs) It's Black Christmas or Black Christmas. Shoot, no. I gotta get it right. How hard is this to do for you? It's <laughs> black Christmas or black Christmas or black Christmas. There we go. Okay, Bravo. perfect, perfect. You were able to coordinate your mouth and your finger quite expertly. All right, thank you. So, black Christmas or black Christmas or black Christmas is a game where I will read off an actor or character. From one of the Black Christmas movies, so either the 1974, 
2006 or 2019 Black Christmas, and you have to guess which year it's from. Okay. So we'll... I'll keep score. You, ooh. <laughs> Eric and David will play each other. <clears throat> and uh, we'll see how we go. All right. Can you remind me of the year choices again? Yeah, so 2006, uh, 1974, or... Yeah. 74, 6, or 19. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Number one. This is an actor... Imogen Poots. I'll let you go first. I think that's 19. What do you think, David? Imogen Poots. I I think I did I think I did hear that in 2019. I think I heard Imogen. Sounds like a fake name. You're uh, both correct. Okay. Hey. Imogen Poots is the main character of 2019's Black Christmas. Okay, number 2. This is another actor, Michael Rappaport. Oh, okay. I know who that is. Uh, go ahead. 06? Yeah, I'm also going 06 on this. That's got to be. Because he wasn't in this movie. Michael Rappaport was in the 1974 Black Christmas. It's what? not the Michael Rappaport you're thinking of. What the oh, fuck? It's oh, a okay. different Michael Rappaport. Like, He's got to be like four years old. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number three. This is a character. Wow. Lauren Hannon. So this is a character in one of the, the mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Lauren Hannon. So um, I'm going to say uh, 2006. The 70s original. David wins it. It's a character from 2006, Black Christmas. Oh, Lauren Hannon. Lauren Hannon. Okay. Number four. This is an actor, John Saxon. Mm. That's a ballsy name. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Strong name. Got Saxon in there. Go seventies. You're gonna say seventies. Yeah. What 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 makes you uh, lean that way? The spirit is telling me. Uh huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this one. 2019. Okay. Eric is correct. Oh. John Saxon was from the 1974 Black Christmas. I even saw it. Have you seen the original? I have not. So oh. I came into this a little... You're just blind. A little bald. Yeah. yeah. Okay. A little green. This one's a character. Marty. Marty. Okay. I'm going 1974 on this one. I'm, that's that's a very 1974 name. Uh, 06. You are both incorrect. Oh, damn. That is one of the main girls from 2019. Marty. <laughs> this is Marty. Oh, what? man. I can't remember which one. Um, <laughs> Shocking. Okay, we're tied up. Oh, that must have been the girl with the boyfriend. Probably, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, because she, she was the least. F- 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 or the one with the glasses, maybe? I don't know. All yeah. right. We'll see. We'll see if you guys win or you tie. What, what are we at right now? What's what's the score? We're at two to two. Two to two. And is this a tiebreaker? Or do we have a couple more? This would be the tiebreaker. Okay. This is all I got. Okay, here we go. And it's probably not... It's it's the hardest one. Okay. This is an actor. Carrie Elwes. <laughs> oh! Carrie Elwes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's, let's let Eric answer yeah. first. Mm-hmm. Are you being sarcastic about how it's hard? Or I don't know. 
I'll say the seventies. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely one hundred percent. I'm going with uh, 2019 on this one, Bryce. David wins. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, are you not familiar with Carrie Ewells Ellis? I don't know. What are you guys he's about? he's Princess Bride guy. He's he's the the bad the bad guy. The professor in 2019. Yeah, uh, I I really whipped that one. Professor. I was thinking of a female for some reason. I can't remember what his name was. Professor uh, Professor Goggins or something. Dick McLickens. Yeah, he was he was a jerk. I think I made a note of this too. He was a real jerk. Uh, Professor Gelson. Gelson. I made a note. Has there ever been a character in a movie with the last name Gelson that wasn't a dweeb or a villain? I, I don't know that I've heard of many many Gelsons. Just feels like a dweeb name. Yeah, it sure does. Okay, that was that was black Christmas or black Christmas or black Christmas. I love that Bryce goes to the effort of doing these one-off games. <laughs> he loves. Well, it. this one was real hard. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's our show for today. Please. Uh, follow us or subscribe and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts if you can. If you don't have an iPhone, steal someone's that does and also, also leave a rating. Uh, please share the podcast with a friend. That's the only way we grow. We don't advertise. It's all organic. And uh, again, if you want to support the show, go to our website, horrormovietalk.com. The two buttons at the top will help us out. If you're going to spend money on Amazon for Christmas this season, click through from our website. We'll get a little taste of that. As well as if you want to be super generous and support us directly and get access to exclusive content, become a Patreon on our uh, become a patron on our Patreon account. That's patreon.com slash horrormovietalk. Or you can click through from our website. Uh, special thanks to Eric for coming on the show and thanks sitting through me. a third installment of Black Christmas. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Yeah. You guys, check out My Brothers and I. Yeah. Just uh, at My Brothers and I. At My Brothers and I on Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter. And uh, and and check them out. Get, stream them on uh, anywhere you anywhere you stream your your yeah. music. Thanks again for having me. This yeah, was, this absolutely. Was fun. Yeah, we are always welcome. And uh, and with that, everybody, you guys just have a Merry Christmas, Patrick. You have a Merry Christmas, Patrick. <laughs> bye bye. You did it. You're a fucking narcotics agent. I knew it.